people ask me, like, you're the ads guy. What do you mean you're starting an ads-free company? I'm like, these are complicated topics and 20 years is a long time. It is okay to change my mind and say a customer first product is actually a good thing. What is good, everybody? This is Michael Sakand, founder and CEO of Our Future. We're the go-to podcast and media brand for Gen Z business leaders who are looking to unlock their future in context of our future. And today I have a fantastic interview. And right now, I'm sitting across from Sridhar Ramaswamy on Zoom, uh, who is a partner at Greylock, the former SVP of ads and commerce at Google and the co-founder of Neva. So Sridhar, thank you so much for joining me. Michael, super excited to be here. Awesome. So the question I love to ask all the exceptional founders, innovators, executives I bring on the podcast is, when you were my age, when you were 20 to 21 years old, what did you see for, for the world at that time? You know, this was 30 years ago. And uh, this was a time in which tech was making such a big difference to the world. Um, it was when the internet was really coming online, like, you know, Mozilla came uh, a few years after. Um, we really thought of this as a time when technology could make this big difference in people's lives. And it has. Not everything for the good, but I think it's had a pretty profound impact on all our lives. Definitely. And you were, you were definitely set on getting out to Silicon Valley because I believe you did your bachelor's in India. You did your master's at Brown University. That's right. I got a PhD um, and master's from Brown, did my bachelor's from India, worked in, a, you know, in research labs, the famed Bell Labs, where the transistor was invented for a few years. Um, but I knew in my heart of hearts that I wanted to come out here. Funny story. My wife, Seema, gave me an ultimatum. She, she said, our child, Shaker, is going to be born in May. Uh, we move now or we don't move. That's when we moved. Wow. Taking the risk when you had a, a child on the way. That's, uh, that's, that's an <laughs> Shaker adventure. was born two months after we moved to the Valley. Wow. All right. Well, he, he got in. He got in. He got in. That's the American <laughs> dream right there. Let's go. <laughs> so you worked at a number of cool tech companies, but I want to focus on your tenure at Google. 2003, you came into Google um, working in, you know, advertising, various engineering roles, eventually becoming the, the SVP of ads and, and, and commerce. Um, so can we talk about Google in, in 2003? Early Google, 2003. Um, it was making big acquisitions, but the big deal and why Google continues to be an amazing company, even today, is because of search and search ads. Um, and search ads is the team that I was lucky enough to be uh, a part of. Um, and uh, this was a business model, um, which for the first time, people told you what they were interested in. The problem with advertising is most of the time, you don't know that someone's interested in something and you try it out with search, people told you. And that's the amazing business that last year made uh, more than $120 billion in revenue. It's kind of remarkable. It's crazy. You think of these high-tech companies like Google and Facebook, and they're marketing machines. They're the ultimate modern marketing companies. And it's just mind-boggling to think about. And it's those dollars that fund these moonshot projects and stuff that you know are more visible to, to the consumer. So what's interesting to me is you served all this time at Google working on search, um, optimizing advertisements in search, getting you know every dollar you could um, out of those on the internet. Um, why now are you looking to build Neva, the uh, a, a search engine focused on privacy um, as the main core selling point for the modern consumer? 
there's a bit of a lesson here, which is that, uh, you know, good ideas when pushed too far can lead to very unexpected outcomes. Uh, search advertising is fabulous, as I said earlier, because people tell you exactly what they're looking for. Um, but the pressure to keep making more money, to keep showing more ads, um, takes a life of its own. I thought search had gotten to a point where it had strayed very far from its mission of creating a great product for users like you and me. Um, that's when I thought like one level harder and said, you know what? I want to create a, a great product and a successful business that is focused on just doing right by you. To me, part of what the last 20 years with, with this rampant rise of advertising and stuff like that um, has shown us is that quality content is harder and harder to get in an ad-supported economy. It becomes more and more about bigger headlines, more dramatic news. To a large extent, Neva is back to basics. It is, hey, let's create a simple product that delivers utility that you can enjoy without a second thought. I compare Neva um, in some sense to products like the water that comes out of our tap. We pay for it, none of us grudge it. I want tech to have that simplicity where you're like, oh my God, I get an enormous amount of value. Um, and I know that this product stands for me, stands by me. And yes, I pay a little bit of money, but that's a much better deal um, than being endlessly targeted by ads or having to constantly worry about, is this an ad? Is this a result? What does this person actually mean? So it's the customer first mantra that um, I'm excited to try out. Sure. So I think that, well, you can we can test this theory, but consumer technology companies are kind of, will, will they follow what the media industry is doing right now, which is switching to more subscription-based models, right? The, I interviewed the chief market officer of the New York Times a few months ago. And their challenge is making people pay for the news and making them feel like it's worth it. Um, you know, how, it, do people care enough to, to pay for a, a search engine that isn't going to feed them, feed them ads? It's up to us to show that value. What I can definitely tell you is people are ready for a change. They are super excited about Neva. They want to try it. But will they pay? I think of that as a challenge for me and for the team in creating a compelling enough product that you think is worth it for you. How can we do this? For example, if you look for a product, a search engine is always going to be focused on sending to us, sending you to a site, because that's where they make money. We're going to show you reviews. If you want a price alert so you can buy the product tomorrow when the price is lower, no problem, we let you do that. If you're like, hey, I want to buy only from stores that ethically source their products, we wanna make that happen. That's a feature that we have not yet built, we are working on. If you're like, I have new subscriptions to the New York Times or other things that I like, when I ask for news, show me news only from those. We're like, yes, that's what we want. Um, you know, What you want is what we will do within, within the product. It's by delivering things like this, by making people understand that a you first, a customer first product is a genuinely better experience in many different ways, not just the information, but also in things like, how much money did I save? Did I really get what I wanted? Am I spending my money at the places where I'm proud of spending my money? All of these things, you know, your goals become our goals. I think that's the reason why people will pay for it. So say a site like Forbes has yep. a bunch of ads all over that site. Are they not going to be allowed on the Neva platform because that's the way they're going about their user experience? 
This is a, this is a great question. Um, so Neva is the world's first ads-free private search engine, but we are not an anti-ads company. In fact, we think that we should not be in the business of telling other people how to run their business. What we do do though, is we give you visibility. If sites have trackers, we stop the trackers because we think surreptitious spying on people is not cool. Um, and uh, you know, if site xyz.com has a lot of trackers and a lot of ads, I want to surface that information right on the search page so that you as a customer of Neva can decide, hey, do I want to go here? Is this the good trade-off for me? Or should I go to some other site that has far fewer ads and far fewer trackers? I see us as helping you get to where you want to go in a way that an ad-supported search engine simply cannot do. Mm, interesting. I'm thinking of what you're doing, perhaps of borrowing from our, our friends over in Los Gatos at Netflix. You pay a subscription, but they're brilliant about feeding you content that you want to see. It's very customized to you, right. but there's That's no right. ads. There's no ads. So That's is that what you guys want to do? You want to create very targeted content that people will actually like versus that advertisers would want to get in front of them, if I'm saying that eloquently enough? Well, so we are a search engine. So in that sense, we help you find content. It is less about us creating content. We want to support a great content ecosystem. What I mean by that is uh, when Google, for example, shows something called a featured snippet where an answer is pulled out of a site and shown right on the search result page, you know what, if you're a blogger, you're not going to make any money when Google does that. But if we do that, if we take a piece of your content that you have worked hard to create and put it on Neva, we want to make sure that we are giving you a cut of the money that we make because your content is directly helping us. And so we think of supporting great creators, people like you, as one of our fundamental goals. The kind of things we want to be able to do is like, hey, if um, uh, you want to get like an email list of people that want to sign up for your newsletters, Neva will want to do everything that it can to support that because supporting quality content is really, really important uh, to us. Got it. So, you know, you saw what Mark Zuckerberg with the Australia situation where they were just not willing to share any money with publishers. And, you know, publishers are in trouble. They're really, they're really hurting. The entire media industry has just been totally disrupted. Um, and it's interesting, but so would Neva be sharing uh, advertising revenue with these quality creators? So we only have subscription revenue, no advertising revenue. Um, but we do plan to announce a publisher rev share program Obviously, we're a tiny company. This is going to be modest to begin with um, and will be for cases, for example, where we directly surface content from reviews, from blogs, from things like that on Neva directly. But supporting a vibrant content ecosystem of people that pay for great content, the kind of thing that Substack is doing, for example, is very much keeping with the mission of what we want Neva to be, which is we want to support quality content and we want to make sure that we're providing all the tools that we can to support that monetization. And in cases where information is actually shown on Neva, absolutely, we'll do a rev share. So I'm curious, perhaps a young person begins their career at a company and they start to think that that company is overstepping its bounds. 
is it right to try and change it or should that person leave that company? It depends on the situation. I think um, being uh, open about what you stand for, thinking about what you stand for, thinking about what matters to you, expressing that in respectful ways, engaging in civic debate is the foundation of our country. Um, there comes a point, similar to what I felt at the end of my stay at Google, that really I needed a reset and a rethink and a do-over. So it really depends on the situation, but I think it is important to have a moral compass um, and speak to yourself. And you know, you should also should not be afraid to change your opinion. People, people ask me, like, you're the ads guy. What do you mean you're starting an ads-free company? I'm like, these are complicated topics and 20 years is a long time. It is okay to change my mind and say a customer first product is actually a good thing. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to, to, to kind of flip, but do that because you, you have the conviction to, to change things and actually want to change things. It's one thing to say it's different than that. If you, you know, you really, uh, do what you believe, right. You actually create what you believe if, if I'm wording that, that right. 100%. And having that conviction um, to start the company. I'm also an investor in Neva. In our first round, you know, I co-invested as much as Greylock and Sequoia. So not only did I, am I spending my time, I'm putting my money where my mouth is in terms of living up to uh, you know, what I think is the right thing to do, which is creating a customer-first search engine. So when you guys get to the point of marketing this service, um... Are you going to be ranked on on search engines? Are you going to be uh, advertising, you know, via, via via Google? I'm not anti ads. I don't think there's anything wrong in in sort of doing that. We are careful to not do things like track people. Um, we think that that is wrong. So there are a set of techniques in advertising that we will never adopt. We are not going to do remarketing. We are not going to be tracking people in the name of acquiring users. But as I said, I am not anti ads, and so. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of delicious irony in Neva using ads to acquire customers, but I don't think it's something that, you know, we are going to rule out. It's fine to use ads, but ads done um, with taste in small proportion, I think is a perfectly fine thing. But when ads take over a product, that's when you have to think, ah, maybe that's not such a good, such a great thing. Absolutely. So, you were also a partner at one of the world's greatest venture capital firms, Greylock Partners. An amazing what, group of people. What's what have been like kind of the coolest deals you've been a part of in the past few years at Greylock? <laughs> Any companies that come to mind and that people would know that you've uh, you saw the potential in early on? You know, Greylock is uh, is is an amazing brand, and I get to work with so many amazing folks like. Uh, uh, Reed Hoffman and uh, Ashim Channa, uh, Sarah Go, uh, Reed and Ashim are actually on my board. Among the super hits that they have had just this year um, uh, is Roblox, uh, Airbnb, Coinbase. Uh, these are going to be iconic companies, uh, you know, for many many years. Um, in terms of companies that we are interested in, I work closely with the enterprise team. Um, we are super excited by a lot of SaaS companies um, and. Uh, I invested in a company called Gretel. It's in the data privacy space. That's a space that I specialize in. Um, but across the board, there are so many cool, amazing companies being created. That's awesome. It just must be such an incredible atmosphere to be in. So when you're a partner at one of these firms, are you investing your personal money or are you like investing the firm's money? Like, how does yeah. that work? 
Yeah, we are Greylock. I invest Greylock's money. Yeah, so we we raise funds like other um, venture capital firms do. We have our own sweet spots in terms of the kind of investments that uh, you know that we do. Um, but we invest at very different ranges, everywhere from seed um, to late stage rounds. The thing that Greylock brings to the table is time and commitment. We don't take investments lightly, whether they're a seed investment or a late stage investment. Um, you get a lot of time from the partners. And in fact, Reed Hoffman, for example, says his goal at all times is to be the best board member uh, of any company that he is on the board of. So we hold ourselves to a high standard. Um, and most of my invest, you know, my investments are through Greylock's fund. So let's conclude this with a fast fire round. Okay. So I'm yes. going to ask you about a certain topic and yep. you're going to say underrated or overrated and give a one sentence as to why you think that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. The first one is Bitcoin, underrated or overrated? I think it's overrated right now, but I, the asset class is here to stay. What do you think about NFTs? Overrated, definitely lots of hype right now. Uh, as a concept, again, it's a digital certification mechanism here to stay. Tesla? Underrated. To me, it's inconceivable that, what, eight years? After Tesla came out with the all-electric car, other people are still trying to make a car that can go for 300 miles. Amazing. Yeah. What, what about Amazon? Underrated. Company without any limits to its ambition. The removal of cookies from the internet. Underrated. People have figured out how to game this thing left, right, and center. Mm, 100%. Avocado toast. I'm allergic to avocados, so I don't know what to say. Shaker and Seema will say, like, underrated. More of it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Sridhar. Appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Take Bye -bye. care. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Sridhar Ramazwamy, the co-founder of Neva, trying to reinvent search. Super interesting to see what he is doing now in the search space based on what he was doing before. And he shared some really fascinating information about Neva. So definitely go check it out at their website. Go sign up for their wait list. And I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please leave our future review on Apple Podcasts. If you have 60 seconds, that's all it takes to help the show grow. And thank you so much for your time. Be with you again soon. Peace out.